Hello, I'm Jonathan Smith. I'm the lead pastor at One Church TO, and you're listening to the teaching time from our weekend gathering. We're an imperfect community of over 70 nationalities and five generations who are attempting to follow and shine Jesus in the greater Toronto area. Our vision, it's so simple. We want to help people from all walks of life know God, love people, and in turn, impact our city for good. We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening. Well, Pastor Jonathan began a series last weekend, Keeping It Connected. He helped us understand from the Bible, you know, love your neighbor as you love yourself, how valuing and seeing ourselves right helps us value and see other people right in relationships. Today, uh, keeping it connected, and we're going to look at how Jesus, when we're connected with him, gives us energy, like extra energy to do relationships that otherwise we wouldn't have the capacity to do. Uh, you know, he gives us more than an example. Here's how to do relationships, watch me. But he also gives us the power to do relationships the way that he does them. All right, let's begin by looking at three verses. Now, I used to read these verses and hear the wrong thing, <laughs> okay? I'll tell you about that. But what do you hear when you uh, listen to these verses? What about this one? Accept one another just as Christ accepted you. I, I would focus on just as Christ <laughs> accepted you. And I think, okay, so I'm supposed to do acceptance every bit as good as Christ did. And, uh, you know, however anybody treats me, they can reject me, they can, uh, you know, do stuff. I'm just supposed to have this, you know, no, no offenses, no boundaries, just open heart of acceptance to everybody. That's what I used to hear, all right? Secondly, here's another verse from the Bible. Now look at this. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And I'd focus on as the Lord. So I'm supposed to forgive people just as well as Jesus forgives them, you know? <laughs> I don't hold them accountable for what they do wrong against me or anybody else. I just forgive everybody just the way Jesus did, all right? Here's a third one. This one comes from Jesus himself, and it's a command, all right? My command is this, Jesus says, love one another as I have <laughs> loved you. Uh, do you see it? Like, the idea that you and I, as followers of Jesus, would go out there into our relational lives and do acceptance, forgiveness, and love just as good as Jesus does them. And, uh, you know, you know what went through my mind when I began to think about that and preparing for the teaching? My mind went back to when my brother and I, in our childhood in Ottawa, Ontario, we had a punching bag, and it was Popeye. Now, they don't, Popeye the sailor man, now they don't have punching bags with Popeye, but they do have, you know, from the, um, the movie Frozen, uh, Jerry's hosting. He has three daughters that really like this movie Frozen, apparently, and they know that this is Kristoff uh, from that movie. But Kristoff will do the exact same thing that Popeye did when I used to hit the punching bag. You know, he just comes back smiling, you know, I, and, and there's, there's this idea that as a Christian, I should be able to just take the punches, 
And if someone rejects me, I just come back smiling. If someone does an injustice against me, I just come back smiling. If someone punches me with, uh, you know, um, uh, hurting me and I have a broken heart, I, I, I just come back. You know, Chris, Christoph almost looks like he's a bit smug as well as smiling, you know. Someone uh, breaks my heart, breaks my bank account. I just, I just, that's a good Christian. You just bounce back smiling no matter what anybody does to you. You accept and forgive and love people just the way that Jesus did. And, and, and of course, it's not fair when you think about it to ask you and me to do anything as good as Jesus does it, right? Because Jesus was perfect, we're not. So, so what's the answer? Do you know where the answer is? Right in those three same verses. Look at this. Accept one another. Let's look at some other words here. As Christ accepted. So that brings us to the question. How did Christ accept? How did Christ accept? Well, Jesus was perfect at accepting everybody, right? He had the reputation of, of hanging out with people that other people wouldn't hang out with. He, he would accept notorious sinners in, into his life. He would just accept everybody. But watch this. You don't get any further than the second chapter of one of the accounts of Jesus' public life, his relationships with people, you don't get any further than the second chapter of the Gospel of John before you read this. And it says, but Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all people. No one needed to tell him about human nature, for he knew what was in each person's heart. So, so here, here's what we're seeing. Jesus accepted everybody, but Jesus did not entrust himself to everybody, all right? Everybody was accepted, but where you went after you responded to that acceptance determined how Jesus would go with you next. He didn't entrust himself to everybody. He, he told his followers, remember in Matthew, he said, now you guys go out and help people the way that you've seen me help people. And, but, but be on your guard, he said. There are some people that they look like sheep, but they're actually wolves. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. Be on your guard against them. And so, yes, accept everybody, but, but use wisdom, use discernment, be protective here in your relationships. You see, it's not saying just get out there and get punched around by people and you just have to accept them no matter how they treat you. No, he is saying, yes, accept everyone, but their response to your acceptance determines how much you can entrust yourself to them from there. And that's exactly what the first century followers of Jesus were instructed to do by the Apostle Paul. He wrote to the Christians in the capital city of, of Italy, and he said, and now I make one more appeal, my dear brothers and sisters, watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you have been taught. Stay away from them. And so again, accept everyone, but don't entrust yourself to everyone. Let that wide open opportunity of acceptance that you give them determine, their response to determine where you go with them next. All right, so accept, 
as the Lord accepts. He gives us an example of how to accept people with wisdom and discernment here. What about forgiveness? All right? Let's look at that same verse. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. All right? As the Lord forgave. How did the Lord forgive? Well, we know this. It, it didn't matter how irritatingly small or how humongous the wrong was. Jesus just forgave. He forgave completely everything. But also, you listen to him. Talking to people who knew better and they would still do wrong. Did he just say, oh, I just forgive you? Listen to what he says. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Hypocrites are someone who, you know, they're pretending to be one thing when they're really something else. You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. Like how lousy spiritually is that? So here's what you see here. Forgiveness does not mean that you don't hold people accountable. Jesus' forgiveness was for everyone. He held everyone accountable also. Now, while we're on this, you know, just think of that. Jesus was not like a, a punching bag where you just hit him and he just acted like it didn't even faze him, didn't even hurt him, didn't bother him at all. Remember when John the Baptist was executed? And Jesus uh, just right away went to be alone with his father. He was grieving the death of his cousin, the, the forerunner in the plan of God, introducing him as the Messiah to the nation of Israel. And he's grieving this. And so he needs some alone time with his father. Remember when Jesus had crowds that received him, but he also had a lot of people that rejected him. A lot of the religious establishment of his day, and he's coming into Jerusalem for the last time before going to the cross. He says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. The Bible says he wept over the people that rejected him. He didn't just like take the rejection and just, and just no, no, he felt it. And remember Peter who denied knowing Jesus after promising Jesus he never would do that? And, and the third time after Peter denies Jesus before Jesus went to the cross. Uh, it says that Jesus looked at Peter, their eyes met, and whatever Jesus, whatever Jesus had in his eyes, Peter saw it, and it caused Peter to go out, and the Bible says he wept bitterly. He just, it just was sobbing from his heart. You see, he saw the hurt in Jesus. Jesus wasn't a punching bag. Whatever injustice or mistreatment that he experienced, he felt it. He processed grief. He cried out in pain. He, he wept over rejection. But he always forgave. Always forgave. That was a given. Forgiven was a given. Why? Because forgiveness doesn't mean that you don't hurt. It means that you choose to live your life in the future not defined by that hurt. Forgiveness does not mean that you don't hold people accountable. Forgiveness means that while you hold them accountable, you do it with a clean heart. You don't let anger or resentment, you don't let that poison of bitterness get inside you and infect you. No, you, you, you get to a place as you process it before Jesus, you get to a place where you can walk free of what has been done against you and yet still hold that person accountable. That's forgiving as Jesus forgives. All right, accepting as he accepts, forgiving as Jesus forgives. What about loving as he loves? Oh, Jesus loved everybody, right? Love one another as I have loved. 
Now, we often think, well, if you love someone, you will do whatever they want. You will please them completely. You will, you will serve them. You will give to them. Anything that pleases them, anything that they want, you will do for them. Really? Well, look at Jesus. The first thing that this account tells us about Jesus is, is that he, he, Jesus felt genuine love for him. This is a man who had, in a Q&A time with Jesus, was asking a question. But what must I do to inherit eternal life? And, and, but the man, and Jesus knew it, he loved his money more than he ever would love God. And so Jesus loves him enough to say, man, if you're going to be selfish about your money, it's going to mess up what's most important, your relationship with God. And so Jesus says, give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell and he went away sad for he had many possessions. Now, did Jesus just give him what he wanted? No, he didn't. But Jesus felt genuine love for him. See, love is not doing what pleases people. It's not giving people what they want. It's, it's you being honest with people and kind to people and giving God's best to people. You see, if you, if you think love is giving people what they want, you know what you'll end up doing? You'll end up doing wrong for people. They'll say, if you love me, you'll do this. You'll lie for me. If you love me, you'll steal for me. If you'll love me, you'll hate that person that I hate. What are you doing talking to them? I hate them. <laughs> you know, if you love me, you'll join my sin. You'll join my hatred towards them. See, that's the problem. See, love is when we give God's best. We sacrifice ourselves to give God's best to someone, like Jesus did for us. Jesus loved everyone, but that does not mean that he did what everyone wanted. And so when you see, oh, that's what acceptance looks like. It can have boundaries. That's what forgiveness looks like. You still hold people accountable. That's what love looks like. You don't just do what people want. You do God's best for them. Jesus shows it's what it's like, but that, that, that helps take care of the punching bag issue, right? Because that means that we, we, we don't just, you know, come back with whatever we're hit with, rejection or, or uh, injustice, or, you know, so someone takes from us. We, we don't just bounce back with a smile on our face as if we didn't feel it. No, we, we feel it and it hurts. So that, that takes care of that because Jesus shows us by his example how to do those things in real relationships. But what about the energy issue? What about when we get out there this week and, uh, you know, we, we, we get punched around <laughs> by injustice or rejection and, and we get, uh, someone does wrong for us, they rip us off financially or they tell us a lie and we just, you know, we, what happens if, if, if we just get so low, they just hit us and we're, we're, we're down, we're down. We just don't have the energy, we don't have gas in the tank, you know, it's like we're, Asked to make yet one more phone call, but the battery on our phone is dead. It's like we're asked to make a journey to a certain destination, but we don't have fuel in the tank to get there. So, so what do we do there? You know what? The answer is in the exact same three verses. Just look at the first one again. Accept one another just as, look at, focus on these words now, Christ accepted you. Christ accepted you. 
while when you dwell on that reality of Christ's acceptance of you, even though you've got all kinds of struggles in your life and flaws and failures, that, that would be good reasons for Jesus to not accept you into his heart and into his circle. You know, and it just gets you charged up on how Jesus will never run out of acceptance for you because we live in a world where people say, you know, if you look good enough, if your achievements are, are big enough, if your grades in school are high enough, you know, if you make me look good enough, all of these conditions, whereas Jesus says, whoever you are, <laughs> whether you're enough or not, come to me and lay down your burden. And I will give you rest for your souls. Come to me. Jesus just accepts us as we are and helps us be what we could never otherwise be. You know who really struggled with this? You, you might not think of it, but you know who really struggled, struggled with acceptance issues? The apostle Peter. Remember the first time Jesus asked Peter to follow him on the shores of Galilee? You ever read that account in the Gospels? And Peter. Um, and, and, Peter's response is, depart from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. You don't want me as one of your followers. You know, you're reaching out to me with acceptance. I reject your acceptance because I, I'm not worthy. I can't be a good Christian. Three years later, what's Peter doing? After learning from Jesus' example and relationships and his love and his forgiveness and acceptance, what's Peter doing? Peter denies knowing Jesus again. And he feels like such a loser that when Jesus rises from the dead, Peter still goes back to his old job. Where does Jesus find him? On the shores of Galilee, back out fishing again. You know, I just can't do this. I can't measure up as your follower, Jesus. You don't want me as one of your followers. You don't want to choose me. And of course, Jesus in that account just says, Peter, do you love me? And he restores him. And it just meant so much to Peter that years later as an old man, Peter treasured the reality that Jesus accepted him, even despite his flaws and failures. And so he writes, as an older man now, looking back at his life, he writes to other Christians, and he wants them to know about this acceptance that he's received from Jesus. He wants them to experience it as well. And so he makes a big deal out of being chosen. You ever read uh, Peter's first letter, First Peter? He says, I am writing to you God's chosen people. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago. And you have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You are a chosen people. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Do you hear it? Peter is so filled with gratitude for the way that Jesus accepted him. He, he wants other people <laughs> to receive that acceptance from Jesus. So when we dwell on Jesus, you accept me. What about forgiveness? Jesus, how you forgive me. Look at this. Forgive as the Lord, the Lord forgave you. The Lord forgave you. However big or small the flaws and failures were, he forgives you. He forgave you. He died in the cross. Just think of what he has to go through, what he has to absorb to forgive you. He ends up charging you up to know that that, that forgiveness will never run dry. I remember a woman who 
had had two abortions and she came to know Christ and came to see me because she just couldn't forgive herself. She said, you know, how could I do that? And the specialness of human life, now she understood, made in the image of God. And she, she just was beating herself up. And so, I, of course, I took her to the cross and I said, now, when Jesus died on the cross, did he die for these wrongs that you have done? And she said, oh, yes, I know that. But I just can't forgive myself. You mean, you mean you're saying... You're saying that Jesus' forgiveness wasn't good enough <laughs> to cleanse away those things you're still carrying in your life? And I helped her get to a place that instead of, um, you know, when those thoughts of what she had done wrong, she'd remember the cross and how Jesus forgave them. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses from all sin. We saw that verse in the Bible. And I said, change it right away. Change the narrative into one of saying, thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. You know, that's exactly what helps us. When we say, oh, Jesus, I've been forgiven so much. It just gives us what we need then to forgive other people. What about love? All right, watch this. My commandment is this, love one another as I have loved you. Can you hear Jesus? He says, I love you. I love you. Now, a lot of people will say, I love you, and they just want your money. You know, I, I told you one time about Shoppers Drug Mart was sending me these emails saying, we love you. You know, man, oh man, who in the promotion department came up with that at Shoppers Drug? They don't even know me. Subscription last week, uh, it had expired, and I didn't want to <clears throat> renew it. But they said, you know, we miss you. The emotional blackmail kind of, you know, just using the words love and, and miss you to try and get you to do something. Listen, um, it's so true, isn't it, that to be, to be loved but not known, <laughs> that's superficial. Because you don't even know what you're getting. But to be known and not loved, wow. If you knew what I was really like, you wouldn't like me. You wouldn't love me. And yet, and what is so amazing about the love of Jesus is that it's so, it's so, it knows us fully, and yet it loves us fully. Isn't that amazing? Now, during the COVID pandemic, we have lost a lot of people, uh, the, just a wonderful people that uh, have died. One of them was a, a Christian professor from Vancouver, British Columbia, well-known theologian, J.I. Packer. He wrote the book, Knowing God. I remember years ago, when we met physically, putting a little um, something that looked good in your bulletin that you could put up by your mirror. And because J.I. Packer worded this about knowing God that it gets us thinking about God's love for us. Let me read just a little part of it. Here's what he says. He says, this is momentous knowledge. There is unspeakable Speakable comfort, the sort of knowledge that energizes in knowing that God is constantly taking knowledge of me in love and watching over me for my good. There, there is tremendous relief in knowing that his love for me is utterly realistic, based at every point on prior knowledge of the worst about me, so that no discovery can now disillusion him about me in the way I am so often disillusioned about myself, nothing can quench his determination to love me and to bless me. Isn't that great? 
And yet we get out there and in the heat of the moment, we don't always accept people and forgive and love the way that Jesus so generously gives that to us. And so I want to invite you during this relationship series, during this Keeping It Connected series, to just practice something. When you have your daily prayer times, just, just say every day, just fill up on, on Jesus' unlimited acceptance, forgiveness, and love for you. Just every day, just dwell on it. Listen, I used to ride a lot of um, different motorbikes over the years. It was just transportation at the time, but there was a feature I loved about these motorbikes, and that was that they... um, they had a reserve tank. So you could be driving along and start to run out of gas and you'd, you know, the engine would start to hesitate and chatter and you'd lose power and you'd start to slow down. You just reach down and turn on the reserve tank and it would just immediately get gas and then start going off beautifully, going to where you wanted to go right from there. You as a Christian have exactly that with Jesus. You see, remember I said, he, he, he came to show us how to live But he came to give us more than an example. He came to give us the power to live that way. More than an example, he came to give us the energy by his Holy Spirit to give us the power to do what we could not do otherwise. You know, to to, to love people that we don't even know because we have this love of God in us. You know, I'm at the age now that my father was when he went to be with the Lord. And visiting him in the hospital uh, I went through, uh, I don't know how many cards and letters sent from people all over the world, lives that he had impacted. And my mom said, oh, one, there's a card in there that came from people in your church in Ottawa. And I'm thinking, who in Ottawa in that church knew my dad? And so I, I kept going, went through all these uh, touching letters and cards. And I came to one from these people in my church in Ottawa where I pastored. And they said this. Here's what they said to my dad. They said, we don't know you, but your son is our pastor and we love and appreciate him. (laughs) You know, it hit me because, because they loved me. They loved who I loved. They reached out and cared for someone that I loved. That's exactly what it's like when you... When you experience Jesus' love for you, you love who he loves. You have enough to, uh, not just your limited supply. You don't just give what you got. You give what you got from Jesus because you've got this reserve tank of his unlimited supply of love, acceptance, and forgiveness. And so, and so secondly, when you get punched, give what you got. But give what you got from Jesus You know, if if I walked into wherever you're watching from, into that room that you're watching from today, and I saw a cat or dog playing chess, you and I would look over and say, that can't be happening. They're not able to do that. That's exactly what happens when Jesus walks into your life. You are able to do things that you would otherwise not be able to do. You have this supernatural ability because Jesus is there. And and you're able to say with the Apostle Paul, I can do all things through Christ because he gives me the strength. 
I can love people and accept people and forgive people that I wouldn't otherwise. I can just return on that reserve tank. (laughs) Listen, this week, when you start to look down on someone because they're irritating you or you don't like the way that they are behaving and you want to reject them, reach for your reserve acceptance, the acceptance of Jesus for you, and you can accept that person because Jesus accepts you. This week, when you're, you're starting to feel you're offended, or you're, you're on the verge of maybe planting a little seed of bitterness because of the mistreatment or injustice that's coming at you. Yes, you can hold that person accountable, but you keep your own heart clean. Why? Because Jesus does that for you. He keeps, he keeps no record of your wrongs as, as they are cleansed away by the blood that he, he died on the cross to shed on your behalf. And so you have what it takes. And listen, this week when you, when you have struggled to love, maybe you're, you feel that your tank is empty and this person is asking you to love or forgive or accept one more time, how many understand that you have a supernatural supply? That's the moment just to say, oh, praise you, Jesus, that you give me, <laughs> when I don't deserve it, a love. And it's a love that nothing in this world, there's no power or person that can separate me from the supply I have of the love of God that is mine in Christ Jesus. All I have to do is keep it connected. <laughs> oh, let's pray for, for you and your week. And, and let's first of all pray for people who are saying, Pastor Keith, if you led me in a prayer, I want to begin life with Jesus. I want, to, I want to turn my life to Jesus. I realize he accepts me. He died on the cross to forgive me. And he loves me. And I receive that acceptance, forgiveness, and love today. Listen, if that's you, just, just change directions in your life and just turn to Jesus today. I'll lead you in a prayer that will allow that to happen. Just, just pray with me. Just, just say this prayer wherever you are. Jesus, thank you for coming to earth to be my Savior for dying on the cross to forgive me of all the wrongs that I have done. Thank you for loving me that much. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your love. And I won't be perfect from this day forward, but I want to follow you from this day forward right into heaven when I die. Thank you, Jesus, for making me one of your followers today. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, Jerry, our host, will be telling you there's places on the website you can go just to give you supports and ways, uh, Bible verses and people that would pray for you. Any, any help that you need just to help you keep following Jesus. But let me pray for every follower of Jesus. Now, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you don't ask us to do something without giving us the power to do it. <laughs> You're not just a religious founder that says, do this but you give us your spirit, you give us your help, you give us the power, you give us the energy that we need, Lord. So this week, Lord, when we, when we run out of what we got, help us to go to you and give what we got from you. Help us to accept and forgive and love as you do to us, Lord. Freely we have received, help us to freely give to others, Lord. Help us in this relationship series to get better and better at being just like you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. And everyone who wants that to happen, say with me right where you are, amen and amen. Love you, church. 
Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful, we hope you join us at one of our campuses if you're in the GTA for a weekend gathering. If you're listening from somewhere else in the world, we'd encourage you to join us at onechurch.to slash live. We believe everyone can be a part of what Jesus is doing both in our community and in our city. So if you'd like to connect with us at a deeper level, visit us at onechurch.to slash next steps. See you next time. Thank you.